welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all decide who has better taste. Look at that, it didn't miss a beat. Never miss a beat, no, never miss a beat. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Hello, my name is Hugh Dempsey. I am joined, as you can hear, by the affable tones of Sam Blakely. Hello, Sam. Thanks, mate. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, welcome back. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a minute, hasn't it? It's been, it has been a minute. As hasn't the kids it? are saying, what well, must be six weeks? Yeah, at least, uh, yeah, definitely six weeks. You are gagging for it, listeners. Gagging <laughs> for it. But you know what? The the, the upside is we probably we can probably say, what have you done since last episode? Without being, well, you know what I've done. I've sat at home and uh, or I've been to work. You know, that's about it. Hugh, what have you been up to? Uh, I watched a lot of football mm. for um, about a month, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> yeah. and a bit of tennis on top of that, because, <laughs> yeah, it was, we stopped because the, we wanted to, basically, because me and Sam do this in a, of our own free time, I guess, you know, you watch, you've got to watch the movie, then you've got to record the podcast, you've got to edit the podcast, and when it all boils down, if you're watching it, you've got to, that's one night, and then when you record, that's another night, and we wanted to sit and watch football, essentially, and that wasn't really doable on top of the podcast. Absolutely. And also, do you know what? We're coming up to two years now. We've not had a break of longer than two weeks, I think, in that entire time. No. So, give us a break. In fact, fact, I'm going to dub this as season, the start of season two. start of season two. These seasons are two years long. Get used to it. Yeah, yeah, or series two. I'll say series two, because I'm British, you know. Yeah. We don't say see. We've that's a, that's a word that's crept in, isn't it? From from Americanisms. It really. I was resistant to it for about a day, and then just steadily creeped in, and then it became a, a, a moment of pride, uh, like a, a thing of pride. Where if it's an American TV show, I'll say season. If it's an English or British show, I'll say series. Now I just say season every single time. It's it's really it's unbearable. really. I still try and use series, but I do find myself saying season more often than not. Yeah, I think it's because it's like on Netflix, isn't it? They don't yeah. say series; they say seasons there. As Another well, way in which we've been infiltrated. Yep, yep, yep. Expertly, but yeah. But what about you? I'm, I assume, other than work and stuff like that, you've just done the exact same as me. You just watched a watched lot of football. A lot of football. And a bit of tennis. Yeah, I mean that's been the bulk of it. Uh, oh, I got a cat. I got a pet cat. We got a cat. Got a pet What's cat. The cat called a uh, little Morgan. Dave. Morgan, adorable Morgan. cuteness. Uh, Should have called it. My Dave. daughter had a hand in naming him. Uh, Don't lie. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I also had a role in play in naming him. Yeah. So good old Morgan. He's still. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah your daughter picked Morgan, and you were like uh, the adorable cuteness. <laughs> obviously. Come on. Uh, he's, he's very much in a biting your feet as you walk past phase. I assume that. Passes. How old is he? Uh, we got him when he was eight weeks, and he, we've had him about. Oh, so he's just it, been about two. He's about three or four months old now. So he's a kitten, essentially. He's essentially a big kitten. Yeah. Ah, I see. I see. I've never had cats. I've not been a big. I'm not a big fan of cats. So yeah. I'm not sure Terrible what they're thing. like when they're. Yeah, I've not seen it thankfully, um, but yeah, so that's cool. Um, I can't have pets in my flat, so oh, of course. I'm well, I mean, I, I'm not really supposed to have pets in this uh, rented accommodation, but. Uh, to hell with it. Um, I have. I have you, you only live once. Eh? We do, uh, and you only pay a security deposit once. So that's fine. We have. <laughs> yeah, it must I, I have everything. watched a lot of films recently, or you know, not a lot by film buff standards, but a lot by my standards. Now that the cinemas are open again and have been for a few months, um, big shout out! I made a friend. 
I made a uh, cinema friend. Ooh, friend. Ooh, Ooh, cinema cinema friend. friend. Ooh. Um, and I had this sort of like in my head for the last, whenever I first got the, uh, you know, unlimited, limitless kind of card for my local cinema chain. Um, I thought, ooh, if I go to, when I go to some I'll films that I like. I'll find somebody as sad as me. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be in a Sunday. small screen and it's going to be one of the six people in there on a Sunday night who are watching some indie film or whatever. And uh, it wasn't really necessarily an indie film, it was the film Nobody with uh, Bob Odenkirk. I was walking out of the cinema, I saw the guy who I thought, oh, you were in the same screen as me. I said, oh, what do you think of the film? And we were stood outside talking for, it must have been at least 40 minutes, and uh, exchanged numbers because I said, I love going to the cinema on my own, but it'd be quite nice to talk to somebody about the films. And uh, we've been to a film or two, uh, you know, together, watched the film, went to the pub for a pint, talk about Black Widow, that sort of stuff. So Very shout cool. out to Sam, whose surname I think oh, is Blackwood. Sam. <laughs> He's another Sam. I was like, oh, what's your, what's your name? Sam, what's your name? Well, this is quite easy. Sam, there we go. Uh, <laughs> hello to other Sam. Hello to other Sam. Maybe, I'm sure one day he'll if, be a guest. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe one day he'll uh, replace me and it can be Sam and Sam. It, it's been a long time waiting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or you could do or you could do the movie route. You could do a podcast of, of current movie. You could do actual Ooh, movie reviews yeah. of current films. Call it. Instead of just like, please go to the films cinema. That, yeah, or yes, I'll, I'll work on the time. <laughs> yeah, let's workshop that for yeah. a week. Anyway, speaking anyway, of indeed. films, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's what I say sometimes. <laughs> okay. um, we're doing a, we're doing a film from oh, what's that? Twenty twenty eight years ago. Yeah. Years ago, yeah, yeah. Keeping it current, current <laughs> events. I suppose in a way, I have actually accidentally picked an actor who's a little bit in the in the popular imagination at the minute because he's been spotted around the UK while he's been filming Indiana Jones 5. <laughs> and also, so, is it Harrison Ford's first appearance on our podcast, Hugh? No, it's like the <laughs> third or something. <laughs> I mean, how many... Have we done other... Oh, no, no, it's more than third. It's his fifth. Let's see. So, Apocalypse Now, Indiana Jones, oh, two Oh, yeah, he's in Apocalypse Now. He's in two that. Indiana Joneses. Uh, he's in... Two Star Wars, two, two Indiana Joneses. Two Star Warses. Apocalypse Now, that's five. So this is six, isn't it? Oh, I'm sure he's been in more. I'm sure he's been, it's got it's a been in somewhere else. It's a proper staple of Hugh recommendations. Yeah, I guess so. And I think what the last two films I've recommended have been from like 93 and 94 or something. <laughs> so it's like very much... I'm basically going through all the films that I watched as a kid in the 90s yeah. <laughs> that you never watched. Yeah. <laughs> that somehow you missed. So, again, uh, as we always do, I'm just a little bit curious, A, to what you know about The Fugitive, and B... How did you manage to miss The Fugitive? Because it was quite a popular film at the time. I remember it being, you know, a lot of, like, satire around it, you know, with him jumping off the, the dam and things like that. Yeah, so I mean, just... we, we were four and five, respectively, when it came out. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, uh... yeah, obviously we did see it. We didn't, like, like I'm not saying we watched it no. in 93. I'm saying, but it would have been on telly, on, like, ITV. Look, it's very much an ITV film, mm-hmm. isn't it, this, at, like, nine o'clock on a Saturday, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I felt you would have seen it at some point during that, that run, so to speak. It has been a theme of uh, of our recommendations. It's basically, how did you not watch this film? And yeah. it really is just luck, isn't it? You know, I'd seen, I'd seen, for example, when we watched Predator, and I'd never seen Predator before somehow, but I'd seen Running Man and Commander 50 times each. Um, that's just how I can explain how I hadn't seen it. I, I think since then, since becoming, say, 20 and... Uh, actually choosing what films I watch I saw it as a apologies if you can hear a siren in the background I, I saw it as just a 
boring, bland man film of the late 80s, early 90s oh, right, that's right. not really about anything. It's a man film. I love the, I love your genre of man films. I never came across this until uh, The Hunt for Red October. I, I love them. I like them. Yeah, well, this is, it's, it's such an archetypal thing of these are films that you watched a lot and that I didn't really, you know, and I watched a lot of, I did watch a lot of these, you know, I've seen a lot of Schwarzenegger films and I've seen a lot of various ones, but there's not, I've not seen many Kevin Costner films. I've not seen, you know, many Sean Connery films. Have you seen Dances with Wolves? No. Kevin Costner, to me, is a very bland... I'm not drawn to a film because Kevin Costner's in it, basically. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, that was basically... What I knew of it was based on Scrubs and Community. Um, Arbed was playing out a role, and he says, I didn't shoot my wife! Uh, And and then, (laughs) similarly... um, in Scrubs, I think I mentioned it at the time, but it was six weeks ago. Do you remember the link with Scrubs? So Not at all, no. Neil Flynn, who plays the janitor, is in The Fugitive. Oh yeah, he's in this. Yeah, he, yeah, that was a that was a nice little surprise. Yeah, and in the first series, in I think it's in the first time. or second series of Scrubs, uh, presumably the first. JD, uh, if you haven't seen Scrubs, he's the he's the like main character, you know, guy, and Neil Flynn plays the evil janitor. Who's if you haven't seen Scrubs, you probably shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time ago, Scrubs, and anyway, so uh, the janitor is kind of with. With other doctors and staff, he's got different accents, and he's, he's to some people he's a German, to other people he's a stuttering, whatever, to other people he's he's British. And JD says, really? yeah, and JD says, you know, why are you playing all these roles? And he says, well, you know, you don't, maybe this is a role, maybe you don't know who I am. And that night, JD's watching The Fugitive, and he's there as the <laughs> as the cop. JD goes in the next day and says, you're an actor. I saw you in The Fugitive. And he says, oh yeah, I was in that Harrison Ford film, but, you know, I thought janitoring was much more exciting. And he says, you know, I wish you were an actor because at least that meant you had dreams one day. And this is, well, this is later in the episode anyway. And they've all gone through soul-searching and these life-changing experiences. And as JD's walking away thinking that was a zinger... As Scrubs always did. As Scrubs <laughs> always did. And he's got some voiceover going on. And as JD thought, that's a zinger. I've said, you know, I wish you were an actor before. He's walking away and, and the janitor says, Kimball! and like pulls a gun on JD like you think <laughs> if you tell anyone I'll kill you <laughs> and I love it when it's a that's, bit meta like that that's you know? so meta isn't yeah. it from Scrubs yeah. I, I, I've got to watch that again because it was the, do you know the problem with Scrubs is they ruined it by having this bleeding last series that they made where it was like a new oh, set of people when I rewatch they, I can't get even past series 6 never mind getting to 9 I, I don't think I've even really? seen the Dave Franco so I, I, it's just it's I, not Scrubs it. anymore by then you know no, but it's it's like a new hospital and everything. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. I mean, it's, it's well, it's the same hospital, but it's been they've they've demolished the old one apparently and oh, built a new one. Don't care. It should never have been made. No. It was. A, I'm sure it made some money, but you know the first few series were, were genuinely great TV, and 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 that's basically the sum of my knowledge. I knew about the damn scene, and I knew about. I mean, yeah. I can't watch. I can't listen to that song "99 Red Balloons" without <laughs> imagining them all dancing around in the no, 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 Ziegler balloon, balloon, yeah, and Elliot doing her uh, German, <laughs> the sexy the German milkmaid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so that's my relationship with the fugitive. What's your relationship with the fugitive? What does this yeah, film mean to you? It, Again, it's a film that I just probably saw on ITV on like a on a sun, Saturday or a Sunday night. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember it being just a good film. Yeah, and I've seen I I remember watching I vividly remember seeing the sequel U.S. Marshals. Was a sequel? Which, 
Yes, right, so it doesn't have Harrison Ford in it. It's got Wesley Snipes and <laughs> instead. A like for like. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not. It's not as good as this one, no, to be honest with you. You surprised um, me. Um, but there is a really great plane crash scene in it, which you would be very impressed with, even by today's oh, really? standards. It was. You yeah, it was very right. Okay. I'll, I'll, no, I'll no, no, no. It's not. A ter- it's not a terrible film, despite the fact that it's got Wesley Snipes in it. You know, it's called U.S. Marshals. That I remember in my mind's eye. I don't remember it being awful anyway. But <laughs> you're probably thirsty at the time. It's almost certainly shit. <laughs> oh, I was younger than thirteen when I saw it. I think it was about ten or eleven. Do you want to tell us then? Uh, well, I suppose you know, listeners. If you're a new listener, God, good on you. Uh, what you're doing here, and we love you. Um, Hugh, do you but, want to give us a little, you, uh, you, little? Just before I get into that, but you said, "What's my relationship with?" Yeah. You? But it, you know, like you joke and say it was like a man film, but it is like one of those films that feels very. Like grown up, if that makes sense, it feels like a grown ups film. Yeah, like that you don't. It's like it, it's almost. It almost feels like a bygone era of like filmmaking. Like when was the last time that a film was made like this? Like where it's just, you know, just a just a thriller. You know what I mean? Like with big A list actors in it, made for a, a a large budget at the time, but um, still a, without existing you know, the, IP. The, yeah, because it, apparently it was forty-four million dollars. That's a lot, estimate. isn't it? Thirty years ago. Yeah, I know, and I suppose they do crash a train, so maybe <laughs> yeah, there's some big, that's big where set a lot pieces. Of that went. Yeah, but it made a lot. It made three hundred sixty-eight million. Shit, you know, which was a shit ton back in. Still is. <laughs> yeah, still is. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of films that would be produced for that budget now and not make anywhere near that. So was this like a summer I mean, blockbuster or some sort of like? Yes, yeah, it was. In fairness. It is actually an existing IP. There was a TV show oh, in the sixties called The Fugitive. Yeah, very true. So he's playing. So it was Doctor Richard Kimball in that. Right. But I've never seen that show, and it was the same same uh, character as the U.S. Marshal, apparently. Right. But but they even make it so, it doesn't feel like uh, they're riding the crest of that wave of the you know this enormous uh, thing. Um, mm. Do you want to give us a little synopsis then, Hugh? Yeah. What's the uh, give us the give us the blurb. It, simple as he's a doctor his wife is murdered he's accused and convicted of her murder he then we are spoilerific by the way listeners yeah um when he's on his way to prison he basically there's a um there's a bus crash essentially and he and he escapes because one of the prisoners tries to to he basically shanks a guard to try in an effort to escape and uh, Richard Kimball's kind of caught up in all this and he escapes and obviously because he's innocent he goes on the lam essentially and tries to prove his innocence that's the that's the nuts and bolts running away from Tommy Lee T-1000 Jones uh, yeah yeah. doing his best yeah doing his best uh, Robert Patrick or Schwarzenegger (laughs) I guess yeah yeah he's very dogged isn't he in this um yeah, and yeah, they're the two leads of the film. It's it's interesting in that usually when you have thrillers like this, you either see it from the point of view solely of the the police or the US Marshals or whichever agency is chasing after the bad guys. And you don't always often see it from the side of the actual fugitive or vice versa. Yeah. But in this, you get, they're basically, they're almost equal build. It'd be film, fascinating though. to see the percentage of screen time. It, it can't be far off similar. It must be 60-40 for Harrison Ford's Fugitive. Though. Yeah, I think he gets a bit more because he's obviously the main character in yeah. it and he's the one. But obviously Tommy Lee got the sequel. <laughs> so <laughs> well, that's where the money there is. There you go. It's six and one half a dozen yeah. others, isn't it? Really? Um, this did win a Best Supporting Actor nom- uh, Oscar for Tommy Interesting. Lee Jones. 
Wow. So it is an Oscar-winning film. It's directed by the uh, director who made Under Siege, um, Andrew Davis. Again, and that is totally in the realm of man films that I was... I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's... It's like executive decision, that film, isn't it? <laughs> and I have seen, seen that. that as an adult. I never I never would yeah. have gone near that. And maybe, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I say this present company, I suppose, in, accepted that growing up with a single mum I thought maybe that's one of the reasons why I didn't watch a lot of like the very man films I watched like some films everyone can enjoy and then some films that were just like war stuff uh, were, like under siege and stuff <laughs> well, I know you were raised by good. a single mum as well and I don't know I, this isn't a perfect yeah. theory but I wonder if I wonder if that's a factor um, no, I'd maybe I mean I mean, my mum obviously was with somebody while I was growing up, so mm-hmm. there was obviously there was a male presence in the house. If we're going to get psychological so thought, about well, this, well, I'll watch a bit more Steven Seagal than average. Well, <laughs> it's going to be sat watching. You know, let's face it, my mum's ex-husband—he's not a man who's going to be sitting watching frigging I don't know the likeness of Dean Ernest or something like that it's not that he was definitely he'd watch Rocky or he'd watch you know Highlander or something yeah, yeah. so to speak but I don't think he he was ever going to watch I don't know the Steel English Magnolias. patient for example <laughs> yeah exactly yeah 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 and that's yeah that's just what he was into you know what I mean it, it um, must affect our decisions so, um, so that's like part of the show but I think a lot of the silly action-y thriller films I watched when I was a kid was more to do with like friends, I guess yeah. that what yeah, they yeah, would have true. liked, you know, like like I'd never have watched Commando as a kid if a friend of mine hadn't insisted on watching it. I think and talking a, I about think it incessantly. tended to be that the films, and this might be complete generalisation, the films I watched were a bit camper in the way that Commando yeah. is camp relative to right. Under Siege, which is more like this is a serious man film, uh, whereas Commando is a bit yeah. camp and Face Off is a bit camp and Point Break is yeah. a bit camp. Whereas those that are just like, here's another Sean Connery, early Nicholas Cage, all that I seem face. So I, I I can't really get the. But there's something about the let's say the DVD cover of Commando versus Under Siege, or Hunt for yeah. Red October that makes me not give a shit about the, the latter too. I know? think I think this film is more in the category of like the Hunt for Red October. Mm. It's a bit more. It's a bit more serious. It's not a, like a proper out-and-out action film. It's certainly not that you know, camp, like, is it? You know, it's, it doesn't have that... No. that um, it's trying to... It, it, let's face it, it tries to be cleverer yeah. than probably than it is, if that makes yeah. sense. Or, or at least it's just um, more that, serious than those camp films. Yeah. Yeah, like, like I would put Commando and Under Siege and like a few Stallone films. Like, like Rambo's a weird one because the first Rambo's are really like indie introverted you know mm. man deals with PTSD yeah. film and goes on the run from the local sheriff's department or whatever or the national guard and then obviously it turned into a stupid dumb action film come to think of it um, Rambo's one franchise. of those films where like Jaws I actually can't pinpoint a moment when I saw it I'm 95% sure I've seen it but actually yeah. like Jaws I don't know if I have, uh, but anyway. And, and, and I, but I think there's something that I like about this film is it, it is a more serious film, isn't yeah, it? Like, it is. Let's be honest. And it, and Harrison Ford was in a series of films like this during the late '80s and early '90s, like I think Patriot Games. Um, I can never remember the name of the film, but the one where he's um, he goes undercover is it in an Amish community to solve a murder or something, which protects no somebody. You'll know the you'll have heard of it. I can't remember the name of it. I'd have to check, but. 
yeah, um, you know, Phil, he was um, he was in a lot of Witness. That's what it is. Nineteen eighty five. Right. Yeah. So he did his kind of fun action stuff, but then he also did like the serious, you know, stuff like Patriot Games, as I mentioned, and um, this. Um, well, one thing that our good friend Harry Gray mentioned on Twitter was Air Force One, and there's yeah. one I've never seen. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, see, Air Force One's one of those where I think it's a bit dumb action movie that tries to be more serious than it is, if that makes sense. Like, I don't really... Like, I've seen Air Force One. It's it's fine, you know what I mean? It's, but it's not like... It's not like his good stuff, you know? It's not like Apocalypse Now. I know he's not in that, really, but... Yeah, I mean, know, uh, a, Harry's going to be disappointed. He said he, he struggled to decide which was better, this or Air Force One. And I thought, Air Force One, if you loved it, would have been a perfect Hugh recommendation. Harrison Ford's in it. So, yeah, you've got, like, <laughs> films like Presumed Innocent... Film here called Regarding Henry, Patriot Games, yeah. uh, The Fugitive. Those are all in the uh, clear and present danger. As like, oh, this is a a bland man film about blah 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 politicians uh, blah on the run blah you know that sort of stuff. So I would have just dismissed yeah. those things. And then by two thousand and two, he's making films like K nineteen, The Widowmaker, <laughs> which is another submarine film, right. which is really good yeah, actually. Got Liam Neeson in as well. Military stuff, all that. Yeah, that's an exciting film. So yeah, so I will. I'd say I like about it. It's got good. It's a good thriller. It's got some good action, but it's got some good. It's got a good plot line. It's got great performances. Like Harrison Ford's very understated, but you, you, the, the tension in this film is what makes this film. I think it's always it's always on the to the next set piece the next bit of there's no real there's no respite I think with this film really yeah he he's there's a little he's bit in the, the middle but that's and it and he's constantly getting back into the action yeah so yeah that's that's that, that's kind of basically what I like about the film it's you know it's it's a quick paced thriller no respite um good performances especially from Tommy Lee Jones um and it's just it's a solid film do you know what I mean it's just you watch it and you go yep that's a good film you've I don't have I don't I don't think it's the best film ever made and but do I I have very my criticisms of this film so the things like so there's things I saw in it watching it today that I was like oh well that, that's a bit not what I remember or not what I like Cause like the only criticism I have realistically of the narrative of this film is that the, it's a bit convoluted for the reason that they're trying to kill him over some drug that's being made by some company and yeah it's all a bit like that seems way overkill literally for what they're doing if that makes sense well uh, you know as someone who um, has read Ben Goldacre's ba- uh, Big Farmer, Bad Farmer um, you, oh, know, you could believe the this. amount of profit yeah. they would make from a drug you, yeah. you'd, kill, you'd off a couple of people for that <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, I mean, they even mention the profits the company make, don't they, in, at, at one point in the marshal's office. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that, that I found that a bit bland as well. I thought it was a bit, mm, it's not, it's not, like, they, tr- they make it personal by having it as his friend who, like, signed off on the drug, basically, in this hospital or whatever, for whatever reason. And obviously that creates a lot of, you know, that, that, that light bulb moment, Um is like very good and it's good tension but yeah I found that a bit um, and although Tommy Lee Jones is really good in this I don't like his character I think he's a bit of a twat <laughs> that's my and that's my personal opinion he's like like when he shoots that guy in the, the head for no reason he's like he says something like I don't negotiate or something mm-hmm. like that yeah and he basically tr- and at like one point he basically shoots at Kimball like 
he just goes for him like he tries to shoot him like no ifs no buts he's like no I'm going to shoot this guy <laughs> who's who I'm slowly learning is very innocent of this crime <laughs> that he committed you know um, and he misses because the door's shut and that's like bulletproof glass or something he got, yeah, so I, was, I, I honestly thought he was going to drop his hat and then pull it out just in time old uh, yeah. <laughs> Indiana, I, Indiana I just, Jones ref to be fair you don't often see them get caught in the door do you though mm. and he's like having to get his foot out of the door do you That's think in the production of that they thought, should we make this a more explicit reference to Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> Is there a point at which yeah. his shoe should come off and he gets it just in time before the door closes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, it's not in his the review that I've picked out, but in his review Ebert said that the bit when he jumps away from the train and he's getting chased by the derailed train is very reminiscent of the boulder in Raiders. Um <laughs> And in, um, it's not one of the Lethal Weapon films, but one of the Leslie Nielsen spoof films, the train chases after him, like, <laughs> intentionally, which is very funny. It's actually hard to separate this film from that, because it was such a good spoof. Those spoofs are so good. Like, uh, it's been 20 years since I've seen them, or at least 15. Can't even remember the name of it. It's like, I'll check them during the break. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so and, and like you said, you might have found it a bit boring because it's one of these men films. And I think for you, it hinged on were you invested in the plot and was the plot keeping you awake? Because I know you struggle sometimes <laughs> to stay awake during these films. Not the edge of your seat. Yeah. Not, not on the edge of your seat, just awake. <laughs> yeah, I think but, my yeah. biggest uh, compliment of Schindler's List was it's three hours. I watched it really late after a long day, and I didn't fall asleep, and I was on. <laughs> I was focused the whole time. It's a genuine compliment. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping, hoping, hoping. Let's find out. Let's find out. If you, if, yeah. right, if you had to put your, the house on it, the farm on it, do I like it or not? Well, well, I'm the only film I can really base this off. Your opinion is. Um, is the hunt for Red October, and I really enjoy that. I really like that film. But you weren't. You were like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, Mississippi so I Burning it, was another what I thought was going to be bland man film. I think I gave that like a nine oh, yeah, or a ten. <laughs> I really yeah. love that. Yeah, that's a great film, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so I'm hoping you've you regard it a bit higher than than uh, than that film. So I know the hunt for Red October. But yeah, uh, we're gonna have a break, and. Um, yeah, when we come back, we're going to get Sam's opinions. <laughs> as it's now I been done. about that. Going in for Sting there because um, we that was the sting and I put sting in and maybe in the next one I'll put the wrestler sting in talking who knows who can say setting himself up for or a maybe lot of work here Hugh. yeah or maybe I'll just get somebody being stung by a bee <laughs> <laughs> just someone going ow and that'll be that that'll be the break um, so Sam I'm actually quite intrigued to see what you think of this film usually I would be like oh, I've kind of got an idea of what he thinks but I think you either liked it or you were just a bit like mm, it's fine I see yeah I mean it is one of those films, isn't it? It's, it's not, well, he's obviously going to love this and it's it's not, a, he's going to hate this. Uh, and I quite liked it, I have to say. I quite, I quite liked it. I, I think... <laughs> Damn him with faint praise, okay. The, <laughs> the, 
the leads are amazing. You know, Tommy Lee Jones yeah. is this mix between the T-1000 and the lady from The Hunt for the Wilder People. This relentless force. <laughs> what of, of country yokelism, <laughs> Just, y'all. Or Seymour Skinner from the episode where Bart uh, plays hooky from school. You know, it's that it's that relentless chasing down. He never wavers. He never... He's never convinced. He's never convinced that a guy has died, even though he's just jumped off a dam and definitely is dead. Uh, you know, yeah. and I, I did like that about his character. Actually, he was he was he was ruthless. I think that's something that's actually a positive of this film is that it can have. It just stretches credulity enough that you can believe that these things that are pretty much fatal to most people he's going to survive like the bus crash you know he's lucky to survive yeah. that then he's lucky to just get away from the train he's lucky that he didn't die jumping off a dam which definitely would have that was the only one where you go that would have killed him <laughs> um, and you I got, sort of thought because one. of the slide of the water I thought oh I can see why that's just like a big water slide <laughs> yeah although I, I watching that scene again it's a bit silly because he definitely jumps off the dam but then I think either the stunt double that's doing it or the dummy that they throw clearly does a forward roll yeah. and then it cuts and he's going feet first <laughs> I did think why and the fuck are you diving pretty... off this like a like a big why yeah, are you he's doing a, a Tom Daly parkour <laughs> yeah just slide down hit the hit, hit it as as soon as you can you don't want a hundred feet drop and then you hit the the sort of <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be giving yourself more work, <laughs> do you? It was a bit like. Does he slide down it then? Is that the inference that you were getting? Because he doesn't look like he well, slides down. He does down a big it. tumble and then he. He does a tumble. He's missed a tumble. He hits the bottom and dies, presumably. What? But yeah, I mean, maybe they thought, well, <laughs> like we've, we've splashed out. We've got one dummy. This has got yeah. to work because we're gonna we're never gonna get it back. And yeah, he just did a massive forward dive. That was what a does Tommy Lee Jones' character say he does? I can't remember now. Uh, I don't know actually. He, don't know. he gives it a name, doesn't he? Oh, that's annoying. Uh, <laughs> he says something. He says something kind of funnier, like you know, he's just done a bird impression or something. <laughs> I can't quite weird. remember. It's not that. It's not on, that. on, on, on the yeah. other side of that that pair, Harrison Ford, usual affable self, really likable character. You, you know that he's innocent from the start because it's Harrison Ford. Um, and also the type of... Oh, yeah, that's a good question, actually. At any point, did you ever think that it was him? Uh, no. A, a part of the problem is that in every blurb, in every synopsis, when you click on, when you click to watch it on Prime or whatever, it does say uh, Harrison Ford, Ford plays Dr. Rich Kimball, who's wrongly accused of, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I thought... Well, I, think that's bec- I think that might be because it's one of those... Um, it's one of those where, because that TV show was made yeah, in the true. 60s and everyone knew he was innocent, they just like, no, he's an innocent But also, man. you know it really early on because it shows you it can't be mm. him. And I, this is, I've got a few other praises to say, but just skipping ahead to a criticism. Is there a better version of this film where his innocence is ambiguous until later on? Shawshank style. You could you could definitely make that argument. Obviously, like most people, I watched Shawshank very young and so many times. I can't remember the first time I watched it, but you don't know if he's guilt if he's guilty or innocent until late in no. the film, you know. And it's and that, but then again, that's not really a like this film is def, is definitely about a guy running from the law and trying to prove his innocence, isn't it? Where Shawshank is more about a man's life in prison, yeah, and that's with fair. the people around that's him. That's fair, and I suppose, yeah, I just think that that makes there was sense. there was no jeopardy about that, and I think that's fine. That's a decision, isn't it? But I wonder if that would have been an extra layer. Uh, to the film, but yeah, there was no there was no point at which yeah. I, I doubted that because you you're not really given much I doubt. The, you, you get to see it, the, don't you? 
yeah, I think the extra layer to this film is that it turns out that like Chuck's behind it all, essentially. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed the B-plot. I enjoyed that um, as somebody who's not a big fan of pharmaceutical industries and the way they operate, and it was a surprise. It wasn't, it wasn't something more bland than that. I actually quite liked that. Um, it added a lot of shoe leather to him, to his investigation, but it was... Yeah, it was, it was an interesting, enjoyable piece. Did that. Um, did this film feel too long to you, or was it just the right length? It did feel a bit too long. It does go on a bit. It right. felt like him and his sleuthing and so on could have been condensed somehow, just on the basis that, just from a just from a feeling point of view, I felt a bit bored it, it, towards the final third, where it should have been ramping up. I was kind of like, okay, I mean, I need him to just. It was like, oh, here's another set. Pe- here's another building he's going to go into with loads of police and doctors around, and here's another thing, and here's another thing, and here's another thing. Uh, I felt like yeah. it could have been twenty minutes shorter for that for that reason. But it's well put together. It's uh, I, I watched it last night. Oh, sorry, I watched it earlier today, and I rewatched it while we were chatting in the kind of the hour before um, we recorded, and it fits together so mm. nicely. And there's a lot of foreshadowing. Um, I genuinely was surprised that again, spoiler alert, listener, that it was Doctor Nichols who was the main culprit, who was the bad guy. Um, mm. Because he did such a good job earlier of completely allaying any fears like that and being quite clearly a, an ally to Kimball. Um, mm. But on rewatching, it fits together so nicely and the foreshadowing's there in a way that means that you didn't necessarily see it coming this, the first time, but the second time you watch it, you think, how could I miss it? And I think that's indic- indicative of really good storytelling where it's so yeah, obvious the second time. Is it really? What? What? I see. I even though I've seen this before. What aspects of it? Obviously, I've, I've watched. Well, I said, maybe so, so obvious is, is an overstatement. But there's little things um, like at the start where they they meet up at that at that um, can, no, the, uh, the the ball or whatever you call mm. it, and he, yeah. you realise he's borrowed his car. You realise he's borrowed his car, and that just seemed like a little aside, like establishing these guys are close friends. He's letting him his car. Yeah, and there's that. There was that. There was oh, th- there was another thing I can't quite remember. But basically, it's foreshadowed really well in that early stage. Um, and these just Im- imperceptible clues uh, are fed in really early on. Right, I see. I liked the fact that the guy who you think it is is already dead. That, yeah, is it let? Yeah, let. Yeah, that's interesting. That's something you don't see too often. That's yeah, like when it's a when because essentially the plot goes from a man trying to prove his innocence to then him trying to get revenge a little bit. I yeah. think, or to at least like at least um, you know call out the person who it is. And obviously, when he finds out Let's is dead, that kind of throws him a bit for a for a loop. Yeah, absolutely. For, yeah. For, until he realizes it's Chuck. And but, in a film like this which is yeah. just over 2 hours you can, you do need to have those extra layers and and so on and and, and linked okay. to that the film escalates well. You know, it has these action set pieces but then this is all this is really tied in with how proactive the the protagonist is which is what we talk about a lot but and he really yeah. is proactive. He's not on the run reacting to their thing. He's got his own agenda that he's trying to yeah. he's trying to make good prove his innocence yeah and he's going places he absolutely should not be going places and he's he's doing things he shouldn't be doing it does stretch your credulity a little bit when he's in the hospital that he worked I at. did think even after he like a because I assume about a year's passed between the murder and the conviction and all yeah. that that's that's kind of my guess he could, he could definitely hang off until, the, the, until Tommy Lee Jones isn't ferociously chasing him he could go to Canada mm-hmm. um, and I did I did think yeah 
So it must have been hard for him to get through all of that security and avoid detection. Actually, no, super easy. Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> you know, he's, going, he's, he's, in, he's in building after building, teeming with police officers and other doctors who you might recognise. And also, you know, he's on the front page of the newspaper and he's shaved his beard I mean, it's off, amazing yeah. what a, having, not having a beard can do. <laughs> exactly. Just, have you ever seen that picture of Zoe Deschanel where she um, has a beard? She ties her fringe up. <laughs> yes, she, she has a beard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's called Steve. <laughs> no. um, yeah, she's um, like the, it's, it's like a joke meme where it's like, oh, people are saying, oh, how could anyone not realise that Clark Kent was Superman <laughs> when all he has his glasses on? And then someone shows a picture of Zoe Deschanel and she's at oh like God, a, yeah. a ball or something. Yeah, and it just. And she doesn't she looks have like a fringe. Ellie Kemper or something like I don't know who that is. <laughs> you don't, yeah, yeah. you don't know really who she funny. is, do you? Yeah. You wouldn't know that was Zoe Deschanel if you saw that picture. It'd take me a while. Saying, this is, yeah, yeah, it'd take you a while to figure it out, wouldn't it? That's really so yeah, maybe a guy loses the beard, dyes his hair. You know, it's, yeah. I think although he kind of wears his hair how he normally wears his hair, I think he, they should have made. I think he should have cut his hair. Yeah. I don't think Harrison Ford wanted no, he to definitely, shave he his did. hair. And also, at what point did he go from being jet black to just his normal hair again? Did I miss a scene where he shampooed it out? He, For no, the last third of the film, it's just ch- back to normal. No, it's the same colour all the way. He dyes it and it's the same colour. I to promise the you it isn't. I promise I'm you sure. it isn't. I mean, listener, if you've got a way of watching The Fugitive Does right he, now, watch like the last I'm 20 minutes sure. and I promise you it is his normal hair. It, it took me a while to recognise, but genuinely, I just thought, oh, that's just Harrison Ford's greyish, brownish hair again. I mean, I don't. I don't want to tell you. I mean, I, I can show you. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm just having a look at some pictures. Can you see my? Can you see my screen right now? I know this is great for the podcast viewers. Uh, I haven't paused it. Maybe I'll pause it at a good time. But basically, yeah. At some point, he just doesn't have black hair anymore. And I thought, did I miss a scene? I mean. Harrison Ford has famously said, "If they're looking at your hair, you're not doing your job." Yeah. Right or oh, was it about this along film? Something along those lines. Oh, was he? Was it when he was? Uh, no. um, I think it was on a Star Wars film. Or yeah, it rings about. Oh, I'll pause that. I'll show. I'll show that only to Hugh. Okay, um, and not to listen. Is that at the end? This is in. This is minute uh, one hour fifteen. Can you screenshot that and send it to me so I can? I will see screenshot it? that and put that on the twitters for you all to yeah, see. Yeah, we can. He's absolutely not got dyed hair anymore. You're right. I mean, from what I can see there, but I, there's a bit of glare, so I just want to be. Yeah, yeah. He's just back to Harrison Ford hair. And listener, if you know, I mean, what I want. Hugh in this series of the show is um, more interaction from the listener. Listener, do you know why Harrison Ford went back to black hair? You mean went back to I mean, went, went the opposite of Amy Winehouse and went back away from black. I mean, she, yeah, back to brown, which is another name for Helen. Which, yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk yeah, about that. Yeah, famously dead so is there anything else you liked about this film before we move on to what you ge- if there was anything you genuinely didn't like uh, let me have a look I think I mean those are the main things but you know linked to what you said about him barely getting any respite I do think that was a really important part of it and it is linked to him being a really um, proactive character it, it doesn't let up and if you're going to have a film over two hours that's basically a manhunt film uh, then you can't let yeah. up and, and I do love a manhunt hunt film it's a really good popcorn movie material especially it's a good, it's a good dramatic device exactly it? because it creates inbuilt tension just being in a place where the antagonist is 
is tension, and especially if you're uh, the the man who's been hunted has is is smart, resourceful, maybe experienced in that way, proactive as well, you know, and he is he's not like an ex CIA SAS type person as as most I don't know Steven Seagal films would be, but uh, he's certainly smart and resourceful. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely is, isn't this film, isn't he? He makes his own little name badge, doesn't he? And he goes in, pretends to be a janitor, and yeah. gets onto the computer and figures out the five. It's methodical, but he's possibly. he's ballsy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, did this film? So, the real the real success of any sort of manhunt film like this is was there tension for you throughout the film? Did you feel that tension at all times? Uh, I mean, yeah, I do think it was slightly uh, diminished returns um, from yet another building he's gone into and people around it and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, for me, one of the most tense scenes is when he's just walking up and down those stairs and they start chasing him. That's great. Or he starts chasing him on the stairs. It's such a slow, it's so low key, but it's so, because he's so close as well at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's so close, but yet so far away. There's nothing you can do. You can't jump down yeah. a few stairs. You can't throw a chainsaw, Patrick Bateman esque, yeah. <laughs> uh, down yeah. down, down oh, the stairs. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was. Yeah, I thought yeah. they did a good job there. And then as soon as he's out into the city, um, uh, and, unless they had guys on the on the roof, which they had, he's just gone. You know, and I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, yeah that scene gets extended probably a bit too long, doesn't it? When they go into the crowd and all that, but it is it is kind of. It's it's got an element of realism, hasn't it? Because they're doing everything, and it's like the chase isn't over just because he's got out of the building. You know, he's, they've, they they're professional law enforcement; they know how to spot somebody and things like that. Which yeah, is which I think nice. usual suspects should learn from because it's like, oh my god, he's Kaiser Cersei. Uh, he's gone. Two minutes later, he's gone. There's Damn, no way damn it. <laughs> yeah, he's gone forever. Come, come, come back. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew this would be a critique of kind of the usual suspects? I didn't expect that. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, was there anything specifically that you didn't like? So, as mentioned, I felt it dragged a little bit. Already covered that a little bit. Um, yeah, for me, I would say you know when he goes up onto the roof and the helicopter's shooting at them the film could have ended there. Yeah. Like, it goes on for, like, another ten minutes when they're running around in the laundry part it of the It was important hotel. that he redeemed himself in the eyes of Tommy Lee Jones and, you know... Oh, yeah, there's that... Yeah, I found, I found it a bit cringe when he... Um, when he takes the kid up to surgery. That was I love like, that bit. He's a good, I love that bit. Oh, really? Yeah, I love that bit. Like, I got why, like, he saves the prison guard. That's fair enough. You know, because he's, you know, he's in mortal danger, but it's like... He's like, oh, he just happens to be stood there and, you know, he nearly gives himself away because the other doctor, Julianne Moore's character, noticed him looking at the x-ray and things like yeah. that. Yeah, no, I meant more, um, he had to save Tommy Lee Jones in order to redeem himself in his oh, eyes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why they're yeah, it's the a nice, I mean, yeah, it, that is a nice little moment, isn't it, in the film yeah. where you're like, he, you know, he could have shot him earlier on. And what I want, what I'd love to see to. is there's a YouTuber. I mean, shoot him in the leg just to slow him down a bit. You know, <laughs> there's, a, there's a YouTuber called Legal Legal. I've ever seen him. Yeah, the American, the New York lawyer. Isn't yeah, he? and I, I has he done this? Film? I, no, but I'd love to I'd see love to that know. because what I thought all the way through is even if he's innocent of killing his wife, he's definitely going mm. to jail after this. 
And I was at least, and I thought, I wonder if oh, this film is going to end where he redeems himself and everyone just pats him on the back and it's happy ever after, or if he's going to go away in a squad car. And I was happy that he went a, away in a police car. With, with I suppose he guns. still commits some crimes, doesn't he? They still aren't sure if he killed the cop, Neil Flynn's character, you know, the janitor in the, on the train. No, I felt when he threw the guns away, I was like, you've just thrown away the evidence. For the, to that thrown away the evidence, thrown away your defence. You've got your print all yeah. over it. And, and to Tommy Lee Jones, he thinks he's killed a cop. And it's like, well, just because you saved my life doesn't mean you didn't kill the cop. Um, so he's definitely not going straight home in that car. But no. so it's not a perfect ending. I just, I just wondered if I, I would like. No, it the does legal almost to, feel like there needs to be another ten minutes, doesn't there? Where or another five minutes where he's he's finally free. Yeah, and, you know he gets his he's reunited with his strange daughter and uh, given a medal of freedom and a uh, medal of honor and <laughs> yeah. apologies from the. Yeah, I think the 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 bit where she's like Richard. He killed me or something. Like he's killing me. That's clear. You can clearly tell she's trying to call out to him. Yeah, not not. That she's saying who killed her. It's pretty damning on tape, obvious. though, isn't it? If you can't see her, if you just yeah. on tape and you think this guy's guilty because of you all could, the. I mean, you could you'd have the. I mean, you'd have the benefit of the doubt, but I felt watching it is very obvious that she's not saying Richard killed me. Yeah. It's Richard. He's he's killing me. I, I thought know, that was a clever way of doing it, where he's still innocent, but yeah, it could seem to a jury like he's definitely guilty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that was that. Yeah, from that point of view, then yeah, it's 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 such like damning evidence, but it's also ambiguous enough, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think so. To the final thing, I think that I didn't uh, in brackets in brackets in quotation marks didn't like about this film is not necessarily something I didn't like, but something that means that it can't be a great film is as I suspected. And as these bland man films usually are, it's not <laughs> really about anything. It's just an enjoyable, entertaining thriller story. But thematically, oh, it's not you mean about it's got anything. no deeper? Um, no, it's not. If there is, you, it's definitely if you're putting. It's a film you can imbue with subtext, but whether it's there or not is another matter. Yeah. You could say it's a criticism of like the American legal system that you know the. They use one bit of evidence, and that's just that. And but it's not, no is it? That's just the, that's the mechanism to make sure he goes to he's he's guilty, even though he's yeah. not. They just go, well, we need an innocent yeah. man uh, found guilty. Well, this, and it's not really about anything. And yeah. films don't have to be. This is a summer blockbuster, after all. This is a popcorn movie. I think, but for I me to give it, it a ten or a nine up. out of ten has to be. This yeah. is about something. It makes me feel something that is deeper than just excitement and thrills. You know. I think to sum up it's sort of that it's lack of deeper meaning is the fact when he goes I didn't kill my wife and uh, Tommy Lee Jones goes I don't care <laughs> that was interesting that's, that was interesting and, and like you said when, yeah. he's, when he says um, when he says I don't negotiate I thought oh that's that could have been somewhere in the moral message of the film and it could have been he and Harrison Ford Kimball are two sides of the same coin or they're two opposite ends of the spectrum of something or other but they're not Mm. there's no thematic thing and again it's a criticism only insofar as this means I can't absolutely love this film and put it in my top ten ever it doesn't mean it's a bad film because popcorn and some blockbusters don't have to be metaphors for stuff yeah. If they're thrilling and entertaining enough, then they work. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I can, yeah, I can, like I said, any meaning about 
you know presumption of innocence and evidence and court is there's no exp- like there's a very there's like you said you'd be interested in that legal legal guy's opinion because there's no real legal sort of exploration of this character is there there's just he fa- he was found guilty we're hunting him you know that's our job um the police are very very they're kind of very um they're very myopic, aren't they? About yeah. he's he's a convicted he's convicted. That killer. means he's guilty because they found without a shadow. And it could be a court case drama in which we explore what it means to be uh, mm. guilty beyond a shadow of a doubt. It felt very law and order, didn't it? In the first, yeah. like, and, and um, these films, hour of the film. these films rush those like, court cases to be. Well, we need this guy to be convicted, so we've got to show the the you know the court case, but we don't have to show all the machinations. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So you you broadly like Yeah, is that I think that's fair, fair to say. Is it is it a film that you kind of wish you'd seen sooner or anything like that? No. Not necessarily, no. no. I, I, it wouldn't have shaped my teenage years <laughs> in any particular way. I mean, I mean it's, it's I good, you know. I think I'd have enjoyed it. I remember it being a very big deal at the time. Yeah, it's had a cultural impact and I did find it interesting that the cultural impact was essentially the um the damn scene because that is the showstopper moment isn't it but it's not what the film's about necessarily no okay then let's quickly move on to favourite scenes lines and shot favourite scene Sammy funnily enough when he saves the kid oh really it's not the headline scene or anything but I thought that's his save the cat moment and it was him using his expertise and it was a lovely moment where he's putting himself in jeopardy because he is a doctor and he's committed to that calling yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. That's, I for me that's probably the worst. Scene in the film, <laughs> that's but I, can, I can see how you could enjoy it, it entirely. Um, for me, my favourite scene in the film is the scene where they work out where he is based on the. Oh, that's train. good. Yeah, I really enjoy that bit because when I was a kid, it looked really smart, and now when I watch it as an adult, it's like, oh, they've just they just got lucky that the train's going yeah, past and they can the isolate the thing it. in the but background. It's a bit like that a Netflix um, show. Don't fuck with cats. Oh, I've heard of it, and I, it wasn't it somebody killed a cat or something in Russia or something, and the world tried to kill. There's this basically guy. some people who watched it online who figured out they saw a certain type of wall socket, and they said, "Well, that's only in one or two different countries." So they narrowed it down, and it's really excellent based on minimal evidence. Right, I see. Jesus, I've not seen uh, what is it? Don't mess with cats or whatever. Don't but fuck with cats. Fuck with cats. Sorry, sorry. I tried to keep it PG, but I could check it out. I heard it was good. I heard it was interesting. It was. It's well um, worth it. It's three or four episodes. It's it's really good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There, you, there, I can see your criticism there. I understand what you were saying about the whole film generally that it misses a bit of the whole. Um, you've got to imbue it with its meaning yeah. rather than fight than it being front and center. There's not much substance, which is which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah, and um, but yeah, I like that scene. I just think it's clever the way they have the use the L train. They call it the L train. Do they mean elevated train, don't they? That's, funnily enough, that came up in 12 Angry Men, which is obviously another uh, uh, sort of about crime and stuff. And Is that uh, just a nickname so that they have for those trains? L train, yeah. They, they, it was, I think I'm right in saying, at least from what I remember of 12 Angry Men, it's literally E-L train. Oh. Because you, if you live in New York or whatever, you don't want to keep saying, oh, the elevated train. No, that makes sense. The L train. Okay. Yeah. So, what's your favourite line from this film, Summer? Favourite? There weren't as many nice, quippy one-liners as I, I wanted. I think, 
I think this film suffered from a little lack of good solid quips. It's a little bit of wit, and it would have it would have yeah. really it would have really. Um, it, it's like almost like if you could have shown this to like Tarantino or somebody like that, <laughs> and you could have just added a bit, a few more quips. Just somebody who can quip. Um, so this yeah. time I haven't gone to the IMDb quotes section uh, to like see if any juggle. It was just the one that in the moment I thought, oh, that's quite. I like that. It was um, when Kimball is in the hospital and the doctor says, "Oh, by the oh, the, the officer says, by the way, doctor, we're looking for somebody." Blah blah blah. What does it look oh, like? Yeah. Uh, six one, hundred and eighty, brown eyes. Um, you know, beard. beard. Oh, uh, have you seen anyone like that? Only every time I look in the mirror, except for the beard, of course. And I thought that is that is so good as an affable, cool character being cool mm. under pressure. I really like that because because he could have been so much more jittery and so on. Mm. And I thought, yeah, that that was it. Made me love the character. Then he accepts that that's what I look like. No, so, more yeah. more that like he's thinking, what would somebody say? If, well, what's if, very if I wasn't the guy, <laughs> what's yeah. very disarming? Yeah, yeah, I'd make a joke of it rather than oh no yeah. no, I've no, uh, never seen anyone like that. You know, when when he's describing it's dis- himself, it's very disarming, isn't it? Mm. And as someone who's yeah. watched a lot recently of um, YouTube videos of inter- analysis of interrogations, by the way, completely unrelated recommendation: YouTube. JCS Criminal Psychology. It's been on everyone's recommended YouTube thing. You might have seen a video recently on YouTube recommended um, no. what pretending to be crazy looks like. Never, no, never, never mind. Even but heard of but anything this basically, it's a guy who analyzes interrogation videos of criminals, people we know have done the crime, and, and says, "This is how we know they're lying here. Look at this. Look at that." I couldn't recommend it highly enough, basically. But what was really interesting, actually, just to go back earlier in the film, was in his interrogation, um, or at least his questioning by the police, in real-life uh, interrogations that I've seen in these in these YouTube channels of people who did kill their wives or who did kill their girlfriends or whatever, mm, yeah. they are so ready to try to... to, to argue their... To, to reason why they're innocent... That they forget that actually, if you if your wife is murdered and you're accused of it, your initial reaction is anger and apoplexy, and that's exactly how he responded. And I really liked that. He didn't even cotton really? on. He didn't even cotton on that they were asking him questions to try to say he was a suspect. They asked the question. He's like, "Hang on, are you suggesting that I killed my wife?" Like it didn't even occur to him that they were that's what he was there for <laughs> you know and I thought that was yeah. very realistic actually that he got angry yeah, about that yeah I liked I liked that as well yeah because he thinks he's just telling what he saw yeah and, but you if know, he, hey there's a guy up there who's killed my wife go find exactly. him exactly like yeah right he's got a false uh, um, what, she, she's got a very expensive life insurance and you've got a gun in the house hang on a second yeah whereas if he'd actually killed his wife he would be ready for those questions and try to have answers to them rather rather than the human reaction to it but all that aside, and in fact linked to that, is the fact that he was a, a very good liar in that case because he understood what somebody would actually say if they weren't lying in that scenario. And that's what I love right. about that line. How about yourself? Right. What's your favourite line? Uh, my favourite line of the film was... Um, I, I, I've said it about three times already. I just like the bit where he goes, "I didn't kill my wife," and he just goes, "I don't care." Yeah, yeah, it's that just, is good. And then the and then the other one again is from Tommy Lee Jones, where he just goes, he goes, he's talking to his, um, he's talking to his colleague, and he goes, 
Henry, Dr. Nichols lied to me. Go find him. <laughs> just that southern draw. <laughs> just the way he's like, he's, no he's quite angry, but he's like, just go get him. Yeah. Go get him for he's me. Like, um, he said, I think he might be into the same guy. He says, what are you doing over there? I'm thinking, go think me up a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, <Thinking>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has that other line where he goes, and don't let him bully about your ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was such a great little, like, not many screenwriters would have thought to include that. No, no. That's, <laughs> the guy takes that's it in a step as well, because it's a pretty shit 80s ponytail, isn't it? Yeah, night, like, yeah. he Early looks like 90s. one of those guys who's, do you know those um, on Family Guy, the, the um, is it the Europeans who don't speak English properly, <laughs> so the syntax is really weird. It looks like one of those guys with a ponytail. Yeah. Just a really terrible yuppie from the 80s, perhaps. Yeah, very yuppie. Yeah, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, but yeah, again, there wasn't that many great lines in the film, but it is, but it doesn't, didn't need, I don't think it needed to be full of great lines. Um, do you have a favourite shot, Sam? Give me a favourite shot, and don't say the one where the guy gets his head blown. <laughs> I think as iconic shots go them over the dam Harrison Ford in the foreground uh, Tommy Lee Jones in the background that is pretty iconic that 10 years from now is what I'll still remember the film I think and it's what I knew about the film beforehand there's a reason why that's iconic I always forget that it comes really early in the film as well really feels like it should be it feels like it should be like the uh, uh, you know, a denouement rather than a. They're never far away from catching him. But he's always just out yeah. of the line of sight, or very often in the line of sight. But it's through mm. bulletproof glass, you know. Yeah, or he suicides himself off a, <laughs> a dam. Yeah. Um, for me, it was the the. So I, I I found it quite laughable the bit where he tumbles off. I didn't realize I'd forgotten <laughs> that was in it entirely. Um, there's, I do like the shot of him actually falling into the dam. That's yeah. really cinematic but there's one shot that the director chooses to either the director or the cinematographer chose to make and it's um, a shot it's a over the head shot of Chicago and they just they're panning overhead in like a helicopter or something but it's not it's not like an angle it's like straight down it's very um, almost um, West Side Story-esque and it just had a thought during that and I thought do they how many helicopters are constantly going over cities and do they just share footage because I thought if you played like the Inception sure. music over this, would just this look like another like another Christopher Nolan uh, like establishing shot of a city? It's such a common shot. Uh, maybe not necessarily immediate bird's eye view like that. Very often it's from an angle, but I did think yeah. there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that in every documentary and film and TV. yeah. But it's such a strange. I don't. I don't know what effect it has and why they use it the director but it's just it's an unnecessary shot but I like that it's so it's it's quite a grand shot but it's so mm. unnecessary at the same time yeah. it's, it's just I quite it's quite I like the visual style of it yeah which um, is very effective in other um, in other films and stuff yeah and stuff so we had our break yet? No. <laughs> we we had our break, didn't we? No, we haven't. Had. We haven't. We haven't. Had, we haven't, we haven't had, had a second break. We've done the thing. We've done all the break. things now. Tell the, tell have, the listener we? what's yes. going to come next. We're going to have a break. I think, yeah, see, this is Fucking this shambles. is ring rust. This is a sham- yeah, and because we're we're fifty seven minutes in, so I didn't think we don't usually go for a break this late. But anyway, we're going to have a quick quick break, a quick break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to get the critics. Sam's rating out of ten. Uh, Sam's quiz question and then we're going to see what we're going to be listening to next time out so join us after the break oh enjoy the sting the wrestler <laughs> I'm getting kind of ticked off though Zabisco coming out here running his mouth talk about trick or treat Zabisco! 
I'll show you trick or treat. Here's your trick, here's your treat. Otherwise known as the coma and the morgue. You got your choice. Calling me a little kid too, Zabisco. It's gonna be embarrassing for you to be beat by a kid. You know what I'm saying? You blew it for yourself. And Hot Puff, when you walk that little butt of yours out into the ring and you feel the wrath of the stinger, the scorpion money, and you look up and you see those lights in your eyes and you ask yourself, why did I get into this business? Especially with the stinger looking over me like he is. Hello and welcome back. I hope you enjoyed Sting there. <laughs> Oh, so much effort for such a little game. Um, right, so Sam, I'm going to do the critics now. And as always, we have our favourite um, critic or, sec- or joint equal favourite critic on the podcast. And that would be a Mr. Roger Ebert. That's right, Roger, Rog, Snoop, Roger, Rogers, I like to call him. Um, so we always like to say, we, I always like to ask, what do you think Rog gave this out of force? How many stars? How did he do it? I reckon he enjoyed the thrill. I don't think it's a four out of four. I reckon it's a three out of four. Mm, no, he got, he gave it four out of four. Four out of four which, from all Rog. Which I think speaks to maybe the quality of films around this film, if that makes sense. Mm. If that, and also the fact that he's not pretentious. No, he's not, is he? He's uh, he might use lyrical language, but he doesn't. He's not like he's not Bradshaw, is he? Let's face it. He just enjoys films. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not Peter Bradshaw. So he basically says Andrew Davis's The Fugitive is one of the best entertainments of the year. A tense, taut, and expert thriller that becomes something more than that. An allegory about an innocent man in a world prepared to crush him. Like the cult television series that inspired it, the film has a Kafka-esque view of the world, but it is larger and more encompassing than the series. Davis paints with bold visual strokes so that the movie rises above its action film origins and becomes operatic. So yeah, he gave it four four stars and he said that he really enjoyed Tommy Lee Jones' performance. It was great, and as you say, Oscar worthy. What's really interesting when people say Kafkaesque, they're more talking about the trial than metamorphosis, um, because <laughs> it's, it's be. certainly not more in the metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, and I, I think that is him being very generous to this film and seeing a thematic moral message where I don't think it was explicit, as we said before. Yeah, um, I mean, so, it could yeah, be one of those got, things. Maybe that's, got, you've got it. You've got to respect his opinion. I mean, it could be one of those things that maybe the TV show had a more Kafkaesque feeling to it. Then the, the film could allow in its own time. Exp- you can explore. It's not like hmm. the mechanics of the chase. I think chase. it was like it's three like or the four. Themes. I think they made three or four seasons of it. So there you go. Yeah, yeah you can really get into the themes, can't you? Yeah, you know, forty minutes a week or whatever for. You know that could be like easy sixty episodes or something or eighty episodes. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know how long their series were back then, but yeah, basically it's going to be a lot more than the film. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then the next one, again, another contemporary review from Peter Travers in Rolling Stone. He doesn't have a... Oh, his 10th appearance on our show. Yeah. He's, he's, a, yeah, he's a regular go-to. Yeah. it's Well, when you're trying to find older... Um, Older reviews from like the 90s and things. Yeah. He's always quite good. Um, another shortish review. He just says, Ford's Kimball is a guy smart enough to shake the cops... Um, 
stitch his own wounds, shave his beard and dye his hair, but then attract attention by forgetting to zip up his fly. He's <laughs> wonderfully appealing. Tommy Lee Jones, uh, scene stealer par excellence, plays Gerard. He's a US Marshal and even more relentless about uh, collaring Kimball than his TV counterpart. Jones is mesmerising, mesmerizing, comic, scary and unstoppable. He, 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 his review's a bit longer than that, but that was the nook and cranny of what he had to say about it. He, mm. he enjoyed it. It was uh, he enjoyed the um, sort of uh, the t- intenseness of the film. I guess would be a way to describe it. So, Sam, the real critic in the room, the one that we care about, the one, the one the listeners care about, the one that you know those you, you, me, you, your brother care about. Is your opinion, your rating. Let's face it, better than Ebert, what, better than Travers. What Ben thinks, yeah, we want what Juicy <laughs> thinks, and all these guests we've had. They're all dying to know. Um, so, how many? EL trains or L trains out of 10 would you give this film? Um, I don't know if it's EL or L trains. I thought it was L trains. It's L. Is it L? You spell it EL. You spell it EL. It's L train. Um, You know me. I like a decimal. You do like a decimal. I'm going to go for 7.5 for you. Okay. Um, Again, I don't agree with 7.5, but 7 or uh, between... A classic three stars out of four Ebert stars for me. I'll take that. It's it just to get into the eight and above. It has to be thematic, and it has to be a metaphor for something. For some, I've just decided. Uh, I, I'm also finding going back to the cinema that <laughs> when I'm adding my cinema viewings to my letterbox because I'm a sad little man, um, they all get eight, they all get four out of five stars because if I'm at the cinema, I feel emotions, and maybe if I saw this at the cinema, it would it would creep to eight out of ten. But uh, I'm sticking with seven point five. That's fair enough. Look, I, I, I don't really like the decimal system, but I can appreciate it in certain circumstances. Such as this? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. No, fair. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Okay, so next up, we need to see how closely you were watching the film. Were you watching it like, you know, Ooh. Tommy Lee Jones was trying to I am watch not confident. Kimball here? Yeah. Okay, so question one. What did Helen Kimball die of? What was her cause of death? The hemorrhage, brain hemorrhage. Well, I mean, gunshot, but brain hemorrhage. It was indeed, yeah. She died of a brain hemorrhage and would have died in within five minutes, I think they say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She also got shot, which probably didn't help. Um, <laughs> that seemed to be the killing blow. I don't know what the hemorrhage shit was all about, because her crush skull had nothing to do with it. She was shot. <laughs> they throw that poor actress against that wall, though, don't they? I that was padded. They really do. They really do. <laughs> There's that great shot in... Um, have you seen... Is it... Oh, what's the last Mission Impossible film with Henry Cavill in? God. I've not seen... Uh, oh, I've seen half of it. Not Ghost Protocol, it's... Um, it is Ghost Protocol, isn't it? No, it's not. Is no, it? that's... no, that's Mustache to Mars. Mustache to Mars. Yeah, yeah whatever. To Mars. Yeah, that'll do. The one where he charges up his arms. Yeah, yeah, he goes and flicks them as if, like, <laughs> they're getting them ready. <laughs> like, yeah, and yeah. there's a bit in that where, um, essentially, what happens is Cavill puts his... Because the one of the tricks that they have in movie making is they have soft sets, so something oh, that yeah. looks hard, um, mm. like the floor or something, will actually be like lightly padded. And there's a bit right. you can see it as plain as day in the film. I think Henry Cavill or the guy him and Tom Cruise are fighting. One of them puts their foot on like a step in the bathroom, and it just you can just see the depression where the film <laughs> is. <laughs> it's not a high step; it's only a little step, but it's something you can definitely see if you. If you're looking for it, if you know it's there, yeah, you know it, you can see. It's one of the, it's like one of those things. Like you remember in Game of Thrones when the coffee Starbucks coffee yeah, cup was yeah, left yeah. on the table, 
table. Yeah. Well, Blink and you'll miss it. Yeah, at the time, I didn't really notice it, to be honest. I think I noticed something was off about the shot, if memory serves me correct. But I don't remember seeing a Starbucks coffee cup there. <laughs> and then when it all was on the internet, and I was just like, how did they fuck that? What I, so what I don't get is how they didn't see it in post and just edit, yeah. like... Because they put so it. much in post on those shows. Yeah, like, it's they must have to cut out so many things. Uh, yeah, bullshit. What an awful series. Uh, question two. How fast can a man or somebody move <laughs> over rough terrain? Four miles an hour. That's correct, Amundo. Okay, well done. Question three. What word did Dr. Kimball use in the search field to narrow down uh, his search in uh, on the computer? What was the last word that he used when he was trying to Ooh. find? Uh, well, that was the model, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was, the, it was something. It was a word inside the model of the prosthetic that uh, huh. Sykes had. That's an excellent question that I can't answer. And it did come up on screen, so it was a reedy one. I know you yeah. like your reedies. No, sorry, it's fine. Though no, it was hybrid. Because apparently the, the hat I mean, was high. Excellent question, that. Um, and then just to ruin it, um, because I just realised I've used the same question twice, essentially. Um, <laughs> how did Lent... Hybrid? What did Dr. Lentz die? How did he die? Car crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just realised... Pro- probably, probably a hemorrhage. Like, I was looking at going, oh, I've used the same question twice here, damn it. <laughs> what a cause of death. Basically, I just put, how did Dr. Lentz <laughs> die? That was my question. <laughs> and finally, question five. Uh, what was the name of the drug that Chuck... Killed to have developed. Uh, Provasic? Yes. Pros- no, you're yeah, right. Well fantastic. done. Yeah, Provasic. Yeah. yeah. Well remembered. That was, I wouldn't have remembered that. Well, I, I'd forgotten it and then um, about an hour ago we were what uh, I was watching on my iPad in the background and I saw Tommy Lee Jones sat there with a book and it had Provasic on the front and uh, that stuck in my head better. Yeah, Provasic, I'll take it. Right. I, only, I honestly thought you were going to ask what kind of doctor is Kimball? Oh, he's... A um, something to do with veins or something, or is he a cardio? Did you? Did you and that's why it would have been a good question. Could you remember? <laughs> could you remember what he was? Vascular. Vascular. Yeah, I knew it was something to do with veins. Mm. So he's vascular doctor. Yeah. Okay. Highly respected vascular doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, well, that was the film that was. Uh, the Fugitive. I'm glad I watched that, Hugh, because it's a gap in my viewing history. That's what this show's all about. It is, yeah. An important question that you might have for me is, what gap are we going to be filling next week? <laughs> yeah, usually and, I would ask yeah, you, yeah, so what Yeah, yeah. what films, Sam, are we... Yes, yeah, Sam, what in, film are we doing next week? <laughs> get the rust out of the system? Importantly, know. I would answer it. So next week, listener... We are going to be watching and reviewing Richard Curtis's About Time. Hugh, what do you know about About Time? Not a, what do you know about time? Well, it's linked to space. You know, it's, yeah. You know, we live in, in a continuum. Yeah, we live in space time. They're not they're not separate from one each other. That was that's thanks to the work of uh, one Albert Einstein who figured that. out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and besides that, plot wise, <laughs> uh, but the film um, it's got Donald Gleeson in it. I can't remember the... Is it Felicity Jones? No. Who's the actress? Rachel McAdams. Ah, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, it's... I just know it that it's a 
time travel film, but it's like a Richard Curtis style time travel film. So it's not going to be hard sci-fi, is no, what you're saying? No, I don't think it's going to be hard sci-fi. Um, I, it's not a Primer sequel. No, thank Christ. I'm still getting videos on YouTube trying to explain Primer to me. I still get recommendations. It's been about, been about a year since we watched that film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, listen, listen back to that episode, honestly, if you're new to the show or if you haven't That is a good that, episode to listen to. Go back. I think it's episode 47 off the top of my head. It is an excellent... We, we take about two hours to properly deconstruct me and you are going to get very drunk at some point and watch primer again i think yeah i'm I'm up for it yeah because tomorrow yeah because it's a very complicated and strange and brilliant film um but yeah i I, i'm not going to go into it now but i got a little bit of a minor spoiler i think uh from listening to another podcast recently so i was kind of keen to get it out of the way before i get it ruined you got a thematic spoiler at least rather than a plot yeah i didn't get the plot spoiler i got a kind of a a, a way to deal with time travel sort of film and I love a good time travel film you know me I'm mad up for that oh it's great yeah um, and yeah so that's 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 that I think you're going to like it but have your reservations I love it unreservedly so I'm looking forward to it Hugh if they want to get in touch with us tell us what their favourite I'll give them two options because listen I genuinely I want you to email in because I want you to validate our existence um, <laughs> validate us with attention favorite, <laughs> what's your favourite bland man film bland man and film or what's your favourite time travel film Ooh, yeah. slash what's the time travel mechanism you'd most like to live in from a film I mean you'd want something that's space and time otherwise you'd just go back to like a point in time where, like it, where the like earth in had Red moved Dwarf. past you and you'd be like in Red Dwarf they get, a, they get a time machine in Red Dwarf and they go oh good we can go back three million years and they are in deep space three million years ago yeah. <laughs> and it makes no difference uh, so time and space would be ideal yeah. now Hugh if listener wanted to get in touch and tell us those said things how would they go about doing that so what they need to do is they need to get wrongfully accused of murdering their spouse or wife or partner they, we're inclusive yeah, yeah. Um, and then once they've been convicted of the crime, they need to yeah. become a fugitive from the law, break get into... A yeah. Get a, get a, yeah, a shiv. Yeah, shiv the guards. And then what they need to do is, obviously, find their way into, like, some sort of, you know, public institution. A hospital would be preferable, but if that's not available... Yeah. And then they... A you, library. Yeah. yeah. No, a library's too easy, I feel. <laughs> no, I think it's got to be something with at least a level of security. Maybe somewhere people may recognise... An American it. school. Yeah, 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 with their metal detectors. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, or Honduras school. Yeah. They're basically interchangeable at this point. Yeah, and then, yeah, from there they can email us in at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com. Um, if there's another way you can think of going about getting access to a computer or a phone or a tablet I'm all ears but beyond that that's the best method email your suggestions email yeah. your suggestions of how yeah. to do that also make sure you include like the the footer of the institution that you're doing it from <laughs> that'd, be, that, that'd be you know extra points if it's like a prison or something <laughs> that you've broken into that's not the one that you've been sent to Anyway, Ideally. Sam, uh, if, if they want to equally, contact us through social media, which might be yeah, if easier you can get into the social media application accounts of the prison yeah, in which you're if you want to be up with two thousand and seven tech, <laughs> <laughs> then on Twitter, nominally on Instagram and Facebook, we are at Please Watch Pod. At Just please, watch please pod. use Twitter because Twitter. I've turned off notifications. Sam loves Twitter. I still <laughs> don't really know what to do with Twitter. I'm still not a hundred percent. 
I'll what do I'd Twitter. Do you can do Instagram. Just generally, you're the photogenic one. Do it. Do the. I'm the, do the, I'm the I'll do the Facebook. I'm the. I'll be, you do the. You do the rippling abs, and I'll, I'll do the <laughs> rippling abs. Yeah. I'll, I'll deal with the angry people. Fair enough. You can do. Yeah. People. You can deal with the in, the the internet's anger, and I'll deal. And I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll be with their photographs. <laughs> it's as God intended. So Hugh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's for nice to be back, isn't it? Of culture. It's lovely to be back. I, I I have enjoyed this more than I thought I would. So we'll be back at least one more week. And uh, talk to you next week, uh, listener. I still love you and will always love you. Uh, Q, thoughts? Yes, I think Sam needs to get a life. Fantastic. <laughs> Ever was it thus? Talk to you next week, listener. Yeah. We love you. Take care. Bye. Bye.